Hi there and welcome to the Highbury Hangout podcast. In today's episode we're going to be talking all about Arsenal's 2-1 victory over Everton. So the WSL is well and truly back for 2024. We're of course in the latter stages now of the season. The season just is so short one day. I am hoping for expansion for sure. It's definitely needed but that's maybe a discussion for another time. So Let's dive into the game, starting off with a match report. So obviously after some early uncertainty about whether the game would even be able to go ahead, given the cold temperatures and the rain that we have been getting in England lately. And actually I was surprised that not just Arsenal but other teams in the WSL didn't use this as a chance to use the larger stadiums just because obviously they have underground heating and they're often a little bit more protected from the elements. But in all fairness, I know that the ground staff at Boreham Wood acted really quickly and Arsenal as well with the investment. They got the dome on very early. I believe it was on on all week. So great to see. So Arsenal made a good start with Viv Miedemar providing some really key passes. It's so great to see her back in her groove again. Um, This time predominantly in the number 10 role at this stage, I would say. Um, Early doors, we were giving a lot of pressure, exactly how you'd want to see Arsenal playing. Beth Mead rattled the post um, in the opening kind of five minutes. But it was Caitlin Ford who produced the breakthrough in the ninth minute, courtesy of a pullover interception and eventual cutback, which was very tasty. And then, of course, our Aussie was able to get in from close range. The chances came pretty thick and fast after that, and we were definitely dominating. Although there was definitely a few close calls, but overall, I would say through Leavolti and Plover, but also the defence, we were just looking really strong, and I wasn't too worried at this stage. We even got to see um, a quite a few Emily Fox, Lassie Russo link-ups, maybe a little bit of muscle memory coming through there for them too from their college days. And then kind of out of nowhere, absolutely against the run of play, in the 24th minute, Everton scored, which definitely ruffled a few feathers to say the least. But as I said, our newly crowned Swiss footballer of the year, Lee Volti, was putting in an absolute shift. And I do think she also helped really calm down everything and, you know, really kept the heads in the game. Just before half-time, Lee Volti then floated in a perfectly weighted cross into the box where Beth Mead was waiting where she was able to head the ball into goal putting it absolutely on a plate for her absolute stunning from the both of them the second half definitely saw some better intensity from Arsenal and Fox and Mead continued to overlap which was really nice to see the Toffees put us under pressure as the game went on especially after the 70th minute mark I would say and they made some really important substitutions which really kept the pressure on as well Our defence was also particularly tested in the dying moments, but Zinsberger remained strong and ultimately we were able to see out the win. So our win initially took us level on points with first place Chelsea. However, the Blues were then um, a game in hand. They played later on in the weekend, so then went on to beat Manchester United and then also Man City beat Liverpool. So Arsenal are now third, so in first place is Chelsea on 28 points, second place is Man City on 25, we're in third but also on 25 points and then in fourth is United on 18 points. So I wouldn't say it's safe at all but I would say this is more of a classic three-way race to the title that we've got more used to um, as opposed to last season. Um, Also I think 
European football, I mean, 18 points. I think if we're talking like men's game or other leagues, this is, it's still very tight. But in the women's game, it's just such a small season, as I say. So definitely interesting to see those implications. And I mean, certainly Manchester United, the gap from fourth to first is just 10 points is absolutely massive. So our next game is a midweek Conti Cup clash against Reading, who of course were only recently demoted to the championship. And then the next game in the WSL is an away day to Liverpool. So looking a quick at like the stats or basics of the game. So possession, 60% to Arsenal, 40% to Everton. So pretty dominant in that regard. And then attempts wise, Arsenal had 13, Everton had 3. But within that, 6 for Arsenal were on target and just the 1 on target for Everton. And it is interesting. I do feel we just seem to really struggle to keep a clean sheet. We don't often let many in but it always seems to be just the odd one and I think this one was particularly frustrating as it was a kind of pretty basic mistake that we're not 100% used to seeing the make but they definitely kept their heads in the game which is far more important that mentality. I think Jonas Eidevel the Arsenal boss summarised it up pretty well he said the first 70 minutes I'm really happy with our performance the only thing that is missing is to have a bigger goal margin I think if Everton were would have scored at the end we would have been really kicking ourselves for the way we played in the last 15 minutes he then went on to say that we think way too much about the scoreline and not enough about the football we want to play and we lost that bravery and collective understanding of how we want to act in situations one of the things that stands out to me from this game is absolutely what we expected um, is to, that Everton played in that low block formation. As we saw in the first half of the season, this is something Arsenal really struggled to play against and that's why we played this really stunning game of football against, say, Chelsea and then you're struggling to play against um, lower ranking teams and it's just not good football to watch either. And this has definitely been a really interesting issue to see Jonas kind of try and delve into. Now, as I say, against Watford, it looked like 100% we'd solve this problem of the low block. Obviously, we did let one goal in, but mm, the goal margin was there as well. So I think completely different. However, we all said, you know, keep the wits about you because that was against Watford, who are currently really, really struggling in the championship. Let's see how we go against Everton, who are going to play a low block. And while I think we have definitely once again improved, and game by game, performance by performance, we improve in this low block, there was still issues. But ultimately, I think you could tell that Jonas is really working on the fluidity of the team, and ultimately that that has improved. I think a few things coming from that is this partnership we're seeing. We saw again Alessi Russo and Viv Midmar really rotating between the two, not set positions, lots of overlaps, really good football. And then later on again, we saw Stina Baxtenius and Frieda Mornham come on together in a different way, but they were a partnership. The other thing that I think we saw slightly more in this game was Leah Volti and Pulova. So both were kind of moving slightly wider into spaces and then combining with the winger and the fullback on their specific sides. So obviously for... Leah Volti, that's on the left, and for Victoria Pullover, that is on the right. So, admittedly, I would say we actually did see this change slightly in the second half. They seem to go into the sixth role that we've seen them play 
maybe more of in the past um we don't really know why that was specifically now two things to look out two players here so firstly caitlin ford obviously scored there's been a few questions about her performances lately and i genuinely believe she may just be tired i feel like people are being quite harsh when i i appreciate she's not necessarily scoring as many goals as we used to but i think she's tired like think about how many games she's playing for the matildas how much she's been playing for arsenal and i think hopefully this will start to balance out obviously as we have now we have emily fox back and people can play more so in the positions and we've got the more depth so i think that's something to monitor but i do think it's looking a lot better the other thing that I think is quite interesting is Miedema. So she's now failed to successfully score in the last four WSL matches. And if she doesn't find the net against Liverpool, this will be her longest run in the WSL without a goal. Now, what I would say to that is, first off, she's still recovering. She's still coming back. Um, so I don't think it's an issue at all. The second being her position has changed. When we saw Viv as this like unbeatable striker, one of, like a world killer, um, she was in a different position as do we see her now and kind of played differently as well. Um, so I think that's definitely something to consider when we look at her tally. And finally, potentially far, far more important is maybe she's not the one scoring the goals, but she is creating so many chances for Arsenal that aspect of her game has been brilliant from the moment she came back even with her still recovering the final thing that I want to touch on about the game before we delve into general Arsenal news to finish up is the conversation especially like online discourse surrounding the substitutions being made as of late by the Arsenal staff now there's been some questions about players not getting minutes players getting too many minutes why substitution is being made um, and who's not coming on but ultimately I just truly believe that Jonas is really pushing and valuing continuity from the games there's certainly the early games of the WSL season I don't think this is something he's going to take forward for the rest of the season like and the rest of his like tenure as coach but so I would assume for Feyenoord that the behind closed door friendly that we did was the same as Watford and this was also then the same as Everton which means essentially for two known games but three probably which is obviously quite a run at this point if you think about it have all been essentially the same situations now this is because tweaks have been made in the way Arsenal play this partnership formation bringing back the new players lots of tweaks have been made uh, which I think is really exciting and I think because of that, in order for the modifications to stay and really sink into the way they play and like how that moves as a team, you have to have the same players. And that I think that's how the team ultimately learns how to play them. And then on the other hand, Reading will provide this opportunity for a big mix up and even potentially a few minutes for Lee Williamson. So I think this has been kind of balanced really perfectly, actually. Ultimately, this all stems from the fact that Arsenal have essentially signed nine first-team players in the course of 12 months, which is definitely exciting, and Arsenal really need that depth. I've spoken a lot about how Chelsea have had that depth for quite a while, and then what you see from Chelsea is this ability to chop and change players 
whether that's the starting lineup or like substitutions and they all know exactly what they're doing at all times with each other whereas for the last few years so back in the day I say back in the day um as in when Arsenal were the absolute giants of women's football and they did have depth not how we look at depth now but depth compared to other teams I would say and like the the skill level whereas then for a while Arsenal actually had a very small team and then in this time period especially like 2015 Emma Hayes comes in she absolutely builds this Chelsea squad so Arsenal are definitely sort of building and they're in a different position to other teams at the minute anyway so this is exciting and the depth is needed but in the kind of short term what this means is that those relationships and this understanding between players and the staff it all needs time to build and then from that you get this stunning football which we're definitely seeing sparks of already and then on top of all of this as if that wasn't enough you're then bringing in not just players from long-term injury which is a big deal in itself but we're talking about people stars that were a their stars on the world stage like lee williamson meadmar and beth certainly but they're also real first team starters when they left so lara v morita had pretty much pushed out noel maritz obviously noel maritz has now gone but for that first team spot so then you've got to bring them in as well and they have to build their relationships back up again in terms of their on-the-pitch relationships and, like, gameplay. So all of that, obviously, is going to come at a price, even though, of course, having this depth and having these players come back from injury is all going to boost the squad. So ultimately, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this doesn't just explain the Everton subs or the Watford subs, but it's kind of a wider look or analysis at Arsenal's season um, and kind of what to expect so the wider take on this is that I always thought this was going to be a season of kind of establishing themselves again and building together now I will grant you that I think not having Europe means we were more likely to win the league um, obviously playing on less fronts and so such and like less travel and things like that um but then again it's such a short season and we struggled with this low block which I think is partly to do with getting to know each other and also the start was kind of stuttered because of how tired the players were so I think a few few things to look at there but ultimately I think the season where we had all the ACL injuries we could have probably won the league if it hadn't have been for just the mass amount of essentially carnage but then this season we're focusing on depth so it's about establishing the relationships now this isn't me saying that we're not going to win the league um we don't I don't know I think we'll definitely get European football um I don't think it can be ruled out and if you've heard any of the plays lately actually they're bringing up kind of fighting for the league and I appreciate that's obviously it would be very very silly for a player to get out there and be like nah no we don't like that's poor they're all media trained at this point I do get that but ultimately I do think the fight is still there but the focus is definitely building relationships so that the long-term future of Arsenal is very very secure and that the football will be there for us in terms of just how well it's going to be I feel like like we just need to let them cook a little bit one of the things I would say from this though is that 
a lot of people in the, in the January transfer windows, in my opinion, always tends to be quiet anyway. But I think in general, we'll probably see quieter windows than maybe fans have got used to. Um, because you want to keep it settled and obviously the squad is so big anyway. We're already seeing the likes of Geo not being able to be registered. But ultimately, I think Reading is going to provide a chance to really mix it up and bring in new ideas and the players will get more minutes, etc. A lot more rotation to be expected. Then, in comparison, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the subs situation against Liverpool. Definitely something we're going to be talking about in the next episode after we've played Liverpool. But I'd love to know your thoughts. What do you think about this issue of continuity or do you want more rotation? Let me know on socials. But for now, thank you so much for listening. I will see you after the Reading game.